three-year-old Angus bull was turned out into the breeding pasture in May. During a weekly check, the client notes the bull is away from the cows. On closer examination, some of the cows were in heat. Why would the bull be off by himself? He gets the bull up and sees a problem. This is Bovine Science with BCI. I'm Brad White. Happy to have Dr. Matt Meisner talking with us today. Good morning, Matt. Good morning. So we always do some, you have some great cases on this, and a lot of the stuff comes from Dr. Meisner works here at the clinic at Kansas State University, and a lot of your cases come from things that you've been dealing with, and as we've worked through the summer, it's kind of been a bull summer, hasn't it? Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> it, it tends to be that in Flint Hills. So yeah, the types of cases seem to come in waves, and the summer wave oftentimes involves bulls and problems with reproduction. Yeah, which is a big deal. And in this case, this is always a concern or fear for some of our producers. You go out and the bull's away from the cows at a time he should be breeding. We've got some of the cows in heat. What did the producers see initially in the field that caused them to come visit you? So many lameness we talked about in the past, but one of the big problems that we see, of course, is, is a really narrow window to get things done are reproductive injuries or penile and prepucial problems in bulls. And they notice them pretty obviously. And then now it's just trying to determine, work through what is the problem and what we're going to do from there. So the one good thing this producer was doing, it talked about a weekly check. So going out, looking at the bull, and you should see, sometimes we used to talk about, well, go watch the bull breed cows, which in the summertime and in the heat, that's hard to observe. You're, you're rarely going to see it. But what we can see is the bull with the cows, when we get him up, a lot of times you mentioned lameness. We want to make sure that he can walk, he can see, he's got good body condition, and he has no abnormal swellings. However, in this case, this bull had some abnormal swelling. Absolutely. Yeah. So and it's important to get him up, move him, you know, early part of the year we might have some taller grass and get the bull into an area you can actually see the lower underbelly and look at the prepuce and the, the penis the scrotum that kind of stuff as he's moving along and um, the the location of the swelling is going to start us down the road of trying to determine what is the problem but and it may take a couple of days to get this to, to really swell but you may see things like a prolapsed prepuce or pink tissue that's coming out of the orifice an early swelling right on off the bat and it's good to check these like you say morning evening times when you can actually get them up and move them around yeah absolutely and so in this bull where was the swelling was it along his sheath was it back by his scrotum was it just under his belly so this one you notice some swelling some pink kind of inversion of the eversion of the tissue this of the prepuce coming out as well as the majority of the swelling being in the distal third so from the orifice back so the distal third was the majority the focus of the swelling Okay. And immediately you, you see one like this in the field. What's the first step? So as a producer, you may want to call the vet, but as a, as a vet, what's your first step in evaluation? And, and is this something we give some time or should we jump right in and do something different? We need to have a look quickly. It's amazing to me is the libido of these bulls to have some of these injuries and they're going to keep trying. And what they're going to do is which is not going to make it better. Exactly. No, it's <laughs> going to get worse and worse. And, you know, they're just going to keep trying to breed. And in a situation like this, we're pretty sure that we've got definitely a, an injury in the prepuce. And each time he tries to breed a cow, he's going to tear that worse. And it's going to get worse. So at that point, he needs to be separated and needs to have uh, an area that we can get a good exam, good restraint, have a look at it. It's not something that we want to really try to climb underneath, look at in the pasture. So we need to get him 
caught, getting him isolated, and get him somewhere that we can look at him. Okay, so we, as we get him in and we get him up, we got to have good restraint. We want to get him in a good holding spot. What are what are some of the things you're thinking as you as you get him up and you want to take a look at him? Right, I want to see the the orientation of the injury if I can. I want to smell it. I want to know if we've already got infection inside of it, and then start making a plan for for problems. And we mentioned this Angus bull. Most likely, this is going to be prepuce. You know, the pole breeds; those tend to be a prepucial thing. And and looking at that swelling, if it was further back toward the scrotum, and this was a horn bull, not that this can happen, but it could be a, an actual broken penis. And that that's the the lay term that they get. You know, you get a broken penis or something that's there. Usually, that is more of a, an actual fracture or rupture of the penis. This one more likely is going to be a prepuce. So I really want to know the extent of it. And then I want to start getting a plan for, is this bull worth keeping? Because he's done for the, this breeding season. Yeah, he's out for this season for sure, no matter no matter which of those. But I want to go back to it. So your two main differentials, if I've got swelling, and a lot of times we'll say that the distal swelling, more likely prepuce, the closer to the scrotum, more likely broken penis. But those are my two differentials, broken penis and, and prepuce. And with either one, at a glance, he's done for this year. Exactly. Yeah, right. He's finished. Um, he, he is um, going to be a freeloader. Any of these are going to take a minimum 60 days to heal. I mean, we've seen some minor lacerations, but if we're seeing swelling, it's going to be significant. So you're making a plan for another bull. So we got to have another bull right away, right? And then you got to make a plan. Is this guy worth feeding for the whole next year and doing some other therapies to try to treat him? So how do I differentiate? And is there a difference in prognosis in between broken penis and prepuce problems or prolapse prepuce? The prepuce, I will tell you, is hard to predict. I have some of the most horrendous-looking lacerations have healed. <laughs> a prepuce can yeah. heal really well. The hematomas, or the broken penises, those ones are an actual blood clot where the penis ruptured. We can start to measure that roughly about the size of a small cantaloupe or less, about 20 centimeters. If I can get a hematoma to that stage, you're like, eh, we have a pretty darn good chance of this bull healing up as long as it doesn't get infected, minus the surgery. The surgery is pretty extensive and just cleaning out a blood clot. If it gets over 20 centimeters, the prognosis gets pretty poor regardless, and surgery might be a little bit better, but overall prognosis on a giant broken hematoma is pretty poor. And so those things get infected and become adhesions and a big problem with that. Bigger than a cantaloupe. Exactly. No right. good. It's not great. Again, it depends on the value of the bull. I'm, we're always willing to try. I just can start off saying, this is not looking good. Um, yeah. So. And so, and then the prognosis on the, so you said basically a size distinction on the penile hematoma or broken penis, but on the prepuce, more of a we don't know because it, it could go well or it could not because some of those will get infected or they'll stay swollen or you can't get them to stay back in exactly that- we're trying to figure out can we re- replace this prepuce back into the sheath to keep it protected while it heals the circumferential lacerations ones that go all the way around it are going to be a higher risk for a, a pretty significant stricture uh, versus a nice linear orientated laceration that might heal pretty pretty quickly um, we can get a, a pretty decent prognosis that way but some of them are prolapsed so bad, I can't hardly get them back into the sheath. And if we try for several days and that's not happening, then the prognosis starts to go down. So I want to go back briefly to the breed part. So you mentioned polled more likely on the on the prepuce, and maybe some of our horn breeds might be more likely on the on the broken penis. 
What, what makes the pulled more likely for the prepuce issue? So on the pulled side, interestingly enough, the, the retractor prepuce muscle is a little underdeveloped in the pole side. Um, and, you wouldn't uh, think that would connect all the way to the horns. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> I don't remember anatomy exactly, it's a, but it's a, it's a kind of a, a similar genetic lo- locale, I guess you'd have yeah. to say, but yeah, those ones tend to have a weaker prepuce and tend to um, become more of an injury that way versus, you know, but again, we, I've seen hematomas in, in Angus bulls. It's just, is it more likely in one than, than the other? Like a Hereford or something along those lines. What about boss indicus influence? Those ones definitely have a lot more sheath, so they're a higher risk and they'll tend to drag it across the stickers, step on it, or potentially breed it, uh, have breeding injuries. The hematomas are more often actual breeding act injuries. And yeah. like I've quoted a couple of times, it takes something like 1,500 PSI to pop a penis uh, in a bull. <laughs> you think about it, that's a lot of pressure. And yeah. it makes a, but as it's starting to become erect and, and bends, bam, and that's going to make a bloody hematoma mess. Prepuces can be breeding injuries, but oftentimes they are anytime. Environment, yeah. other cattle, whatever. I mean, it doesn't have to be breeding exactly. on those. Yeah. And if you got a weak prepuce muscle, which the pole too, they, they tend to do that more often. Okay. I'm going to go back to this case, make the scenario a little bit different. You said, we got to get him up, we got to examine, and we really need to get a good look at that prepuce. And we're leaning more towards prolapse prepuce in this case. If that bowl's a little fractious, or maybe even if not, do you recommend sedation in these? And if so, what kind of stuff do you use? So light sedation. So we would do that. Ace promazine, something along those lines to get it to relax a little bit. I don't get overly aggressive of trying to push it through. Just like we're limiting the bull trying to breed more cows, I don't want to push this extensively, say, with an electroejaculator. I don't want to ex- expand the problem. And so we'll manually do it, rectal palpation with somebody, some ace promazine, try to get it down, and, and just palpate the best we can. Yep, and so you're looking, you're looking for it because we need to get that penis extended and out. But you don't want to use an electroejaculator, and we talked about, especially not if there's a broken penis or the penile hematoma, we're for sure not going to. But in this case, so you said maybe some ACE, get it extended, and then what are the what are the steps as you go through the process there? Cleaning it up. So we'll start cleaning it up, lavage it. If I can't get him fully extended, I'm still, you know, we're gonna we're gonna flush it out and start talking about potential antibiotics, anti-inflammatories if, if he's worth treating, hydrotherapy, do some compression wraps to squeeze this prepuce down to try to roll it back in. So initially it's just going to be some, some initial therapies, but the goal is to get that prepuce back in if it's prolapsed and to clean it up as best we can. Yeah, so very similar to managing a laceration in other places We're gonna or a, a damage or an abrasion, we're going to make sure that we get it clean make sure that we take care of it. But two things that you mentioned there that I want to follow up on. So the hydrotherapy, tell me how you do it, how long you do it. What does that process look like? Pretty much just cold water hosing. So, and the thought there is to just massage and actually makes the bull gently work the prepuce back and forth, you know, some cold water, let it off back and forth. One of my old bosses mentioned, even if this is done on the, on the ranch or the farm is to, you know, give the kid a, a lollipop let him hose that prepuce in the chute long enough to finish that lollipop. While he's counting how many licks it takes yeah, exactly. to get to the center of the Tootsie Pop. <laughs> yeah. So it is a little different in the wintertime. You know, we do have, you know, other times of year where it's a little bit more tricky, but it's just massaging it, watering it, and then we actually take a, a tube and a pump and flush out the inner part of that prepuce as well. Yeah, because I've been around some folks that will also have a little stand that's made because when you're talking cold water, 
hose, you you want to keep it on there for five, ten, ten minutes. minutes. Nice, yeah. yeah. Go ten minutes would be great. Yeah, and then do you any how how often? Once a day, twice a day, and how how many days? We'll do it twice a day, um, and then we're going to do it until the bull the swelling goes down enough that he can lay it out and pull it back up in on his own and so then we're at a stage where he can keep it retracted he can keep it protected and then we just gotta let it heal again most of these are occasionally we'll see a laceration a client might see a bull try to breed something through a barbed wire fence and we see those acute lacerations but these all of them are going to be a minimum of 48 hours 24 48 hours by the time you see the swelling you know so it's an infected mess and we're really not going to do any surgery it's just a contaminated wound management so he's just got to heal this up so again the bull's done for that year we are just letting him heal and this is going to take a couple of months and we're going to then see how things go but he just has to be able to retract it initially and then he can go home but this is the hard part is he needs to be sexually rested. Yep. Nothing, Stay to, away from, yeah, yep. nothing, you know, put him in with a steer and he wants to mount the steer. Anything he does is going to potentially expand that problem. Yep. So we're, we're talking him being by himself yep. with good fences. Exactly. Because <laughs> he's a bull. Right. So, so the second thing, so you talked about hydrotherapy. The other thing that you talked about is wrapping. And I have seen people in the past take a Take a little tube, put it in so the bull can urinate, some elasticon or tape, and wrap around the end of that prepuce just to keep the prepuce back in there. Because in some of those prolapses where they're out, that swelling stays just due to dependent edema coming out. What, what's your opinion on wrapping versus non-wrapping, or do you just do hydrotherapy? There's, you need to have a couple different options. Some of these Angus bulls have a little bit of prepuce, and it's harder to make these. We call them pessary tubes, where we get a you know probably an eight, ten inch section of uh, you know, hose or nasal gastric tube, wrap it with elasticon, and then you know push that up into the sheath, and then continue on to the haired portion of that prepuce, and just holds that pessary tube in. The tube is just to allow the urine to drain. The bandage keeps the prepuce in. Some of those Angus bulls don't have a lot of prepuce, so it's hard to do. You that. don't have enough to work with. Right. So we may have to do a purse string type suture. We may have to do sort of a tie over, you know, boot lace type suture pattern, something to kind of hold it back up inside of there. But the pessary tube is the most common way that we do it. And then we'll do the hydrotherapy for a couple of days. I usually remove that every couple of days. if I The, the tube? Yeah. Yeah, and then have a look at it, clean it out a little bit more, and, and go from there. Yeah, but you can go ahead and put the wrap on, and then you still do your hydrotherapy yes. with the wrap on because you're trying to get those tissues right. from the outside. Exactly. We want him to keep it back up in. And, again, the more it hangs out, the more edema that's going to form, and it's just a vicious cycle. Okay. So what did you see on this case when you got him extended? We got him extended, we could see a pretty significant full thickness laceration, somewhat circumferential, and it looked like he had sort of drug it across the stickers. And so in these, even this one had a, a little bit of granulation tissue that was starting to form, you know, so it probably hadn't happened. And then he'd continued to try to breed, and they really weren't able to see the swelling for a few days. And so we cleaned it up and started talking about options, and this bull was definitely worth treatment so kept him in the hospital and did the hydrotherapy antibiotics anti-inflammatories and they have to remember that if it's something they want to just salvage and more often than not folks have given antibiotics but you got a withdrawal time once we do that yeah that's just what i was going to ask about is once you make that decision to go down the road 
there's really no backing out, at least for a while, because you're giving antibiotics, he's not going to go to slaughter exactly. right away. Yeah. Any, any problems if if I get a bull up like this and I say he's not valuable enough to pursue treatment, any any problems with me sending him to slaughter right away? I'd be careful if it's already got, you know, a bunch of infection in there. It's going to be something that you're probably going to want to try at least clean out the, an abscess or something that's draining, something you'd hate to send to slaughter that way. It'd be a, something that went probably wouldn't go over well so you may end up even if i say well i'm not going to keep him till next year i may still want to do some treatment and some palliative therapy and keep him around till my withdrawals are gone so that he's ready to go to slaughter and, and in some of those cases i may want to put some weight back on him anyway before right. he goes to slaughter yep absolutely so back to this guy so he was pretty nasty infected are there antibiotic choices that you like better than others in these cases or does it matter Something broad spectrum. The prepuce is a bacterial mess, you know, so in general. <laughs> yeah. uh, and so then when you add some infection on top of that, something broad, something with a good broad spectrum. We tend to use something that's going to have a little, not an everyday injection, so maybe every other day it's longer acting antibiotics. Tetracyclines are fine. Penicillins, of course, we're going to have to do that daily. He's going to yeah. get fed up with that pretty quickly. But, you know, something a little longer acting is oftentimes something we'll use something you, broad. What would be a typical course of therapy for a bull like this? It's pretty infected when he comes in. Are we talking m multiple tetracycline injections or yeah, how, how's it, that? It wouldn't be uncommon to get, have two or three doses of, of a tetracycline on top of that. Casey, we'll have a fluorophenicol, one or two doses of that, kind of adhering to extended withdrawals if we need to. But again, something that be broad that wouldn't be every day. And depending on the severity of it, and some of those are going to, each case will be a little bit different, but usually it's going to be multiple doses. Yeah. You mentioned anti-inflammatories. What's the role of those and what are our options? So nostrils such as banamine would be the, the one we put that just to try to limit some of the extent of the inflammation and limit some of the scar tissue that's going to form. So banamine, again, we're going to be limited a couple of days of that. And they're fairly painful. These bulls, you can tell by palpating them, so we wouldn't be uncommon to put them on some meloxicam for some of that pain. So, um, But usually it's going to be a little bit of anti-inflammatory. Yeah, you mentioned scarring. So that's one of our concerns going in, right, is because that those scars can be constricting. And if it's a big enough lesion and it scars to where he can't extend the penis well, are we done or are there options? And we're not done. We're not done. So again, we're going to reevaluate this bull in 60 days and, and see what we've got and see how much scar tissue we have. I'd like to be able to extend them far enough to be able to see the scar tissue. And if I can see it, then I can make a prediction on what we can do. So some of them are fine. Others are going to require a little bit of minor revision. Others are going to be a little bit more extensive. The goal we have to remember is that we have to have, if you look at the free portion of that penis, uh, he needs to have twice the length of sheath when we're done in order to extend fully for a natural service breeder. So if I've got too much scar tissue and I'm going to be able to remove all that and he's going to be too short, um, that's not going to handle. Most of them are going to be pretty pretty minimal to moderate and we can resect that and uh, go from there. So when you do those resection surgeries or if you have to come in and revise after the scar, when you're doing them here, you've got a shoot where you're laying them over. Are they anesthetized? Are they sedated? Do you do local blocks? Tell, tell us about that you part. Can, you can do any of them. I find that we have much better outcomes than just knocking them out, putting them under gas. You can do some local blocks where you can extend it. Again, it's, 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 usually it's just a lot better to, to go under general. And I've had some bulls that we're still trying to retract 
completely numb and so it's harder to get that stuff done and it is a meticulous surgery you have to be really careful to to get all of the bleeders and if you end up with a huge seroma after surgery we're, we're kind of back where we started or are yeah, we done you're done yeah, yeah. And, and and yeah we have to go through the whole process again and hope for the best but it's an emergency type situation right after surgeries if they drop out and they start to swell i need to get a tube back in them to keep them up but so we usually do it under general I've done them on, on the shoot if it's a minor one you know sometimes we just need to resect just a small bit of scar tissue and to relieve it and we can do those local blocks Okay. So what you? how did this case turn out? It turned out well. I, we had to do some minor revisions. He was a little restricted. looked like a little bit of a rubber band <clears throat> when he got done. So we were able to relieve the scar tissue and resect some of it. I believe this one was just standing in the chute. But many of them, we just go to surgery. This guy did fine. So we rechecked him about 60 days and fully extended and seemed fine. I always warn him every now and then. You never know how he did it the first time. Um, if it was bad aim the first time, he might have bad aim. <laughs> he might still have bad aim. Um, yeah, um, but it's uh, but most of the time, if they heal from that, the the bull is fully sound. There's it's not a weakness in the sheath, so it's a behavioral problem. Any tips on preventing this for the future? Um, I think biggest thing is uh, just kind of keeping a close eye on them, trying to prevent prevent them from causing having the injury. You know, kind of again, there's only so much you can do there. One thing I always tell folks is be sure you do a good breeding soundness exam. If he had a small scar tissue from the year before and he damages that, young bulls, we have to know if they had a persistent frenulum or a wart. So those guys, you know, they, you didn't see it at BSE, but they go out to breed and they're shoving through that and all of a sudden they rip a wart or they, you know, rip that persistent frenulum yep. and that causes a laceration. So it's really important to, to do a BSE and see what's going on before, yeah. uh, before they go out and try to breed. And part of that part of that BSE is being sure that we get the penis fully extended and visualized. Right. Yeah. I, you can't skip that part if we have good team because you got to make sure it's out there. Otherwise, if they could, if they tear it or rip through it, we could end up in the same position. Right. Exactly. And we've seen that before. I had a prefacial laceration in a Brahma bull that was three or four years old, and we went to resect the scar. And as I extended him during surgery. There was a big persistent frenulum there as well. Oh, <laughs> so wow. Like, well, but he had enough. I guess he was able to do some breeding. But, you know, so you got to have full extension yeah. to, to pass the BSE. So what did you learn? Anything you learned specifically from this case? I think this one we probably could. I've, I've gone back a little bit where you never put a knife on these acute injuries. But I found that if I have some granulation tissue and I need to trim that, it helps me get that back in the sheath a little sooner. And I think the longer it's outside the shoe prolapsed, it probably causes a little bit more scar tissue. So every now and then on these, I see them, and uh, and I'll take a, a scalpel and I'll trim some of that granulation to get some of the swelling out to be able to get it back into the sheath. And I think that helps a little bit, but nothing extensive because, I, again, I don't want to take too much skin. Now, diff- not different than our your scar resection surgery you talked about. For that, are you sedation local trim a little bit off just so you can get it back in there just get it in yeah we don't want to take any tissue off that's going to potentially be something that helps keep us full you're just removing granulation exactly yeah Yeah. anything else from this one you learned no i think that that's good okay excellent so kind of to recap make sure i've got everything straight in my head bull injuries we're talking penile hematoma which may be closer to the scrotum and if we see that larger than a cantaloupe we need to tell him bye-bye <laughs> and smaller than a cantaloupe we've got a chance at recovering but we're talking next year yeah. prepucial injuries 
we want to manage those acutely. Hydrotherapy, use the tube, get it back up in there, uh, antibiotics, anti-inflammatories as appropriate, and then we're going to be reevaluating in 60 days. And if we get some scarring, scar tissue, we may have to bring that back down. Did I capture kind of your plan on these? You got it. Yeah, it's uh, trying to limit and control the infection. Either of those cases is the most important thing initially. And again, there's nothing really emergent about trying to get a surgery done or anything, but controlling the infection is the big part. After that, we can start talking in individual cases. And most, most of these are surgeries, procedures that, that our clinics can do, but we probably need a place to house those bulls. Because you mentioned we got to keep him away from other breeding. Right. And some of the other, some of the clinics that I know in private uh, clinics that do these, you know, have housing for those and they keep them the full time and others, you know, it's best to, I, I'd prefer them to get home if they can, but yep. yeah. Yep. Absolutely. And give the kid a lollipop. That's how we know the hydrotherapy is working. So yeah, exactly. excellent. Thanks for joining us, Matt. Really appreciate it. And thanks for your input. If you have other questions for us, you can always send us an email at bci at ksu.edu.